Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. This is a special uh, self-sequestering edition of the podcast, and we can't have we can't have Matt here because we are we're all socially distancing, and so uh, my special guest this week will be my wife Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Hi. Hi. And we're going to be talking about one of my wife's favorite movies, the movie Freeway Maniac. Yes, this was my birthday request, and we were all going to do it together. <laughs> yes, the but, plan but was things to do, got yes. stupid. Yeah. So, the world we, went crazy. We thought that maybe this would cheer us up and cheer you guys up, and so we're yeah. just going to roll with it. Just going to do. We're going to roll with it because oh, we're on the freeway. Because it's a maniac of blood. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so this movie, uh, this movie is a canon film, so is full of crazy nonsense. Yes crazy canon nonsense as you would expect yes and uh it is also a it is not the movie that you think it is ever it's it starts out and it looks like some sort of like sleazy 70s slasher Mm -hmm. you're like you're ready for it to just be this like gross out sorted yeah like really (laughs) really super weird thing and then it is not that movie at all it turns into something else and that halfway through and that is because one of the writers, one of the primary writers, was Gahan Wilson. Yes. Who is a gonzo monster comic drawing maniac author, yes. artist, and all around fabulous fool. Yeah, you may know him from Playboy magazine, and he did, he's done a lot of stuff. He, The New Yorker, and like yeah, if, so many other things. If you saw a Playboy cartoon and it had a monster in it, and it was, it was probably all, him. Yeah. And it was all wobbly and googly and gross and had googly eyes. Yeah, well. Yes, that's... absolutely. And there are, in this in this straightforward 70s slasher looking movie, there is also, there's an incident of Gahan Wilson monster showing up for reasons that are convoluted and bizarre. So, very much, <laughs> <laughs> very much interesting <laughs> film. Uh, okay, so we start this thing off with a car. Um approaching down this down this highway and you're immediately subjected to this like very traditional slide guitar which is provided by the doors guitarist robbie krieger who scored this whole thing yeah um just it's it sets up a very very specific tone that it then fails to kind of follow through with <laughs> later on um, and then we go into this interior of a like of a filthy seventies looking house, and we get this couple roughly doing it on the kitchen table. There are a lot of noises. Yes, very loudly doing it. <laughs> and uh, there's weird slapping, grabbing things going on that don't particularly lots, make any sense. Lots of those, and also the the sweetest cookie jar I've ever seen. The cookie time cookie jar is constantly cut too, which I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's a new uh, metaphor. Yeah, ooh. it's cookie time. It's cookie time. Uh, so she pushes him off and says, "Wait, I think I hear something." And so she rushes off. Turns out she has a kid in the in the way that every one of these movies. <sighs> There's going to be a kid who's subjected to yep. sex somehow, and it's going to turn him into a serial killer, as it always does. She goes up to his room, and. She's like, ah, you were watching, weren't no, you? You little monster. You little, you little, <laughs> you little monster. <laughs> you little monster. You were watching, weren't oh, you? Oh, Arthur. Yes. And so, yes, he was. He was watching. And uh, he comes out of the closet. I don't know if that's a metaphor or not, but he does come out of the closet with a knife. Very stabby, stabby. Stabby, stabby, stabby. And, uh, and yes, it's, uh, and she's dead. So but mom is out of the picture mom, pretty quick. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some strange blood sources going on, but mm. anyways, of course. But meanwhile, in the meantime, okay, in the meantime, her, the boyfriend is in the kitchen. Yes, he's somehow fully clothed because I don't think he ever actually undressed. No, uh, and he's like, "What a crazy dame!" <laughs> and <laughs> he's sitting there, blo- <laughs> he's sitting there blowing smoke rings, yep. and uh, well, you, you'll never guess what happens to him. He gets stabbed from behind. No! Yes, stabbed from behind in a very strange way. He grabs his front of his chest. Yes. As though, well, maybe the knife went straight through. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, and he dies. And he, he dies <laughs> with no blood on his back when he falls over. No. So you can, you know, pretty it's much. It's one of those movies. The continuity man was, what What continuity man? Yes. There, there was no. No, no. no continuity <laughs> for this one. So we get the, uh, now we go straight to the exterior of what is pretty clearly an insane asylum of some sort. We go inside and we get the the classics, the classic central casting. It looks like the Madhouse Anthrax video. It's like just a bunch of, a bunch of like, I don't know, college level actors who are just doing their thing. It's a particularly good version of that. It is. It is. It's, we see, you know, this has been in like 15, 20 of the movies that we've done so far. This is a very common schlock movie trope. Yes, but did any of the other ones have a bald opera singer where the stuffed pig? That's true. He eventually <laughs> starts singing Pagliacci at some point. Yep. Um, and so we have this, uh, we have this orderly who shows up here and he is... He's a very nice guy. And so we're set up with this guy who's like really interacting with the patients yeah, in this way. he's invested in them. Yeah, in a way that you're like, okay, this guy has to be a very important character here because they're going out of their way to make him like a sweetheart and like being nice to everybody. Joking around yeah. with the inmates. Yeah, he knows, the ones he knows everybody's they, foibles. They, they all got to go out and get a little fresh air on their smoke break and even the ones who don't mm-hmm. smoke. And so the ones who don't smoke wind up with the cigarette stuck in their mouth backwards and he, yes. pr- he pretends to light it. And yeah. You know, yeah <laughs> these little touches that are pretty, it's nice. pretty sweet i like it yeah um yeah so uh so we cut in there are two other orderlies who are watching the lakers celtics game and uh and the crazy pig guy starts singing pagliacci here and we have our new our new arrival jimmy 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 is our new arrival uh, he's uh, what's the what's the quote? He's a little light in the light in the ass or something like that. <laughs> one of the one of the bouncers is like one of the the Russ, orderlies. Russ, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. Russ is is who's who's gonna you know show him the lay of the land, regale him with tales of uh, horrible inmate oh, yeah. deeds. He's got to point out all of the the baddest of the bad, and so he does that. And uh, and don't forget, Jimmy knows karate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He may be light in the ass, <laughs> right? But I know karate. Yeah. So he the the guy says, "You know, he looks a little light in the ass." And he's like, "I know karate," and the guy just bursts out laughing and walks away, <laughs> uh, because obviously it's not going to help much if you're sixty five pounds when there's a lunatic throwing you across the room, which is going to be proven very quickly. Um, so basically. As they're going down the hallway, they're like, ah, here's this guy who was really terrible. And he was a, what's weird. So the first guy they talk about, they're like, there's this crazy guy who was a freeway killer and he killed people <laughs> on the freeway. And also the worst guy is down here. And this is the guy yeah. that we're really talking about. Freeway guy who drove his car into people and just didn't stop. Yeah. Total red herring. Yeah. Total red herring. Awesome. Uh, so <laughs> he does that. And then once he gets down to the to the last the last cell, the heavily locked yes. metal door, uh, our our psychopath bursts out. And does he kill the first total guy? wrestling move? Yeah. Slams him. Yeah. Slams Russ with a full metal folding chair. OK, yep. <laughs> straight out of a wrestling match, which is a thing that they give to all of the inmates, of course. And And then poor Jimmy, poor Jimmy, poor Jimmy. Lasts well, all he, of two seconds. He kind of paints the wall with the back of his head. <laughs> Squish. Head's Squish, broken up. Squish, smeared around yep. the whole he's, nine yards. He's done. Dunzo for Jimmy. After, you, you know, and Jimmy tried. Sure his did. last words were, but I'm new here. But I'm new here. <laughs> I love that. that was, that's probably the best line in the whole movie. Just, you can't kill me. I'm new here. Uh, I don't think that works. Uh, so... <sighs> Oh, Jimmy. So our killer is a massive bruiser. This guy is like a really big, looks like a linebacker. And so he's he's clearly also the other interesting part is that not only is our our killer a giant linebacker, he seems to encounter people who are his equal. He is one of many constantly like whatever area they are in breeds very large dudes because these guys are all like six, three and like two forty five big strong crazy looking dudes um big delts and traps yeah like that triangular back that you only get when you lift lots of weights all the time yeah so it's it's like they cleared out a gym for this one so uh so this guy uh there's a big orderly who's the other big guy he manages to stop him twice 
Like he gets a couple of like he, you know, they tussle a couple times. He gets the better of him once, twice, and then. Oh, but you're forgetting. You're forgetting when he went into the office where they were still watching the Lakers game. Yes. And it starts out by it kind of looks like a creepy massage is going to (laughs) happen. But no. Strangulation. Sadly, no creepy massage. No creepy massage. Damn it. Yeah. We really missed out on the creepy massage. Um, So we get that. And then after this guy does these couple of times that he kind of overwhelms our killer. Uh, he finally gets thrown off the third-ish story of the building. No, no, no. The attendant does. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. The, the, yeah. There's like a, there's this whole thing. They like fall down the stairs together. They both look like they're <laughs> unconscious. You know, it's the typical yes. inhuman strength killer who just keeps coming yeah. back. But this time he, he throws the, uh, he throws the bouncer guy, the, the orderly out the, off the balcony the guy is sprawled out and he uses him as a pad so that he can jump to his safety, <laughs> which is a classic, classic scene <laughs> where he's just like completely like he's fine yeah. because he used the guy to break his fall. Yeah. Um, which I, it was like off of a bell tower. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a second floor. It was like up at least third or fourth floor. Yeah, It's like some sort of like Spanish cupola kind of mm-hmm. looking thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, but next we get a puppy. Uh, yeah, this is this is part of the but our killer's not so bad montage <laughs> or not not necessarily montage. But these are like little scenes that keep getting interspersed. Later on, he's going to meet somebody else. who he's like, well, I'm a nice guy. It turns out and then he murders like six more random people. Uh, but here we have this guy who some scumbag who's just cheated on his wife. And no, no, no. He just lost a lot of money oh, at the right. track. That's what it is. <laughs> and the puppy's going to make up for it. <laughs> Puppy's going to make up for it. So he bought a puppy for his wife to make up for this thing. And uh, and a very nice policeman pulls up and warns him that there's an escaped maniac on the loose. He's like, I'm just letting my puppy out for a second. And so the cop goes away. And of course, he brings the puppy back into the car. Our killer is in the back seat. Strangle, strangle. He garrots him with something. And uh, and then our, our freeway killer kicks him out of the out of the car and uh and he snuggles the puppy for a little while snuggling with the puppy and then he puts the puppy down on the corpse it's like oh love this puppy here (laughs) you go with the corpse and so puts the puppy back on the corpse and drives off off (laughs) drives away uh now we cut to this wonderful uh like our main character our main female lead. Our main female lead walking in on her boyfriend. Oh, but first she's at the airport. Yes. She's a jet setter. Yes, she is. She's arrived home apparently early and wasn't expected. Yes. And then she uh, she goes home and her boyfriend is going to town on some lady uh, who is kind of nonplussed by the whole idea that she I showed up. I don't know up. what she's getting so upset about. It was just a fuck. Yep, that she says. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And then later she's like, I'm sorry about your girlfriend. <laughs> Call me later. Call me later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this uh, the sex scene had a bunch of like funky, funky, like yeah. crazy. This music that goes through this whole thing is Robbie Krieger, great musician. Uh, he has a bunch of different influences, clearly, and some ideas that he wants to get out there. The music is really scattershot, and it feels like it breaks the movie into like pieces, yeah. where you're just like, you want you want a theme that's you want like a tonal theme that's represented and repeated and changed in different ways. And in this, it's just like here's a song, here's another song, and they're all like it's like a Mr. Bungle record. It's just like it, shit is all over the it place. It makes it feel like the cuts between scenes are much jumpier than yes, they actually are. It really and does. so you're like, Oh my god, what's going on now? <laughs> yep. I agree. I'm somewhere else. Something else. <clears throat> ah. Also, this was one of our this is one of our first uh, like really bad uh, sound design issues that happen here where like they're talking and they recorded the whole thing live. There's no ADR or anything. And the waves are just overpowering. Oh, yeah, because they're in a beach house. Yes. You can't hear them speaking over the waves. So uh, this is Linda is our main character. She calls her agent uh, and her agent tells her that she's totally screwed up another opportunity. And but what, he'll see what he can do. But he'll see what he can do. And so we get more groovy music and Linda's car basically starts 
basically catches on fire on the on the road. Oh, and, oh, but don't forget. That, oh no! That when we cut <laughs> when we cut to the agent's office when he's taking her call. Yes, because she's gone out driving because she is pissed and she just needs to get it out of her system. Yes, and drive his, with no oil. His office has this amazing swath of squiggly pink neon yeah. lights that rip th- like across this the the wall. <laughs> so I he's just that. sitting there in this pink neon lit environment, and that's his that's his thing. Yeah, I mean that goes back to like I've always. My my exposure to these kinds of crappy movies in the 80s made me think that everyone was going to have amazing neon in their house all the time. Especially in California. Yeah, and I just, I don't see it. It Also, <laughs> now that I've tried to get custom neon made, I'm like, holy fuck. I don't know how any of these people afforded this. It's like $1,000 <laughs> for a thing the size of a, like, Thompson clock. It's, like, pathetic. Um, or Seth Thomas clock, I mean. Um, so. Oh, yeah. So, so her car, it... She like she screeches to a halt and we don't know why. Yes. And then all of a sudden she's running away from the car and we don't know why. And then there's a bunch of smoke billowing out of it. And we're like, oh, and then she comes back over and looks at it and kicks it and starts walking down the down the highway in her her spike heel boots. Yeah. And we're back to the overpowering slide guitar. Yeah. And uh, so this place has a bunch of like menacing like maximum overdrive angry looking trucks parked there they got some menacing music over it she's found this sketchy looking garage yeah real sketchy nobody around at first and a real creepy tow truck driver and then his (sighs) his just as creepy assistant even creepier almost at at first at first (laughs) he makes up for it later yeah the other guy definitely has is the is trumps in the the she asks them if they have a restroom yeah, so questionable. She, yeah, that's that's rough. She's getting leered at by the creepo. Um, and Through a hole, right in the in the in the bathroom. Yeah, she freaks out. She's indignant. She's oh. really pissed. And off. she runs to the other guy, thinking that thinking the that instantly is, the boss is going to take yeah. her side. Because he wouldn't a, know about that hole. Oh, yeah, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous assumption to make. Um, says, Step into my office. Yeah, <laughs> which is part of the garage that has a couch in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so he basically gets creepier and creepier until he finally tries to assault her. I know how to please a lady. Yep. And then we hear a ding as a car pulls up and she's like, right as she's about to stab him with a screwdriver. (laughs) She's like, all right, I'm saved. Hooray to the rescue. Somebody's here to save me. And she runs out there, and it's our it's our runaway it's psycho. It's Arthur. It's Arthur. He's, our runaway his face psycho. is covered in blood, which was the first clue that something's wrong. That here. is that is a good clue. Um, yep. So we go we go back to a thing where now she's being attacked by a second person. So Arthur is now chasing her through this garage, and then her prior assailant, shoot the boss of the garage, shoots Arthur. Yeah, he becomes I'll take the, care of you now. <laughs> so, like, now he's protective. He's like, what are you doing to her? <laughs> oh, there's a lot of mixed messages in this movie so yes, far. Yes, true. Uh, yeah, and so, but as you know, with giant, giant unstoppable killers, he is, of course, unstoppable. A gun does nothing, and he gets up and then strangles the guy, to, or actually beats his head in with a, with a wrench. And then he finds an axe. Yes. So it might be a good point to mention, since we're talking about giant, unstoppable killers that have way more life expectancy than they should, that this is the same guy that played Michael Myers, right? Yes, in, in Halloween. In the 2018. Two, oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. 2018 yeah. Halloween. So there, there's a lot of weird parallels that have been noticed between this character, which is his first movie role, and... His yes. later current stardom. So totally. So she eventually, like, she finally steals an El Camino in this in this parking lot, and as after escaping from the axe, yeah, she escapes once, and then then Arthur like does a bunch of really amazing stunts. He jumps on the car a couple times. These are really good, like super practical. It's clearly the actor doing them. Um, he jumps on it. She shakes him off once and he gets back up and then she finally realizes that he's not going to be shaken so easily. So she basically runs headlong into a pile of tires or something and stops the car dead. 
and he goes flying and we cut assuming that he is now out of the picture somehow. We don't know. It's a little unclear. It is very unclear. There's actually a, a section of film here that is probably missing because <laughs> we go straight to a point where we're supposed to assume that that he is back at the, we we know later that he's back at the asylum, but here we just kind of here think we cut that he's to dead. Linda's audition right. for the <laughs> fabulous film Astronet. Yeah, they did not do a very good job plotting out this film within a film concept. Uh, it's it's just kind of like they took random dialogue from Star Trek and kind of went, eh, we'll mix it around a little bit. Oh, yeah, the audition speeches, the, the dialogues for the audition are hilarious. Yeah, it's just like it's just like cheesy fake Star Trek it's stuff. A, it's a car wreck of gigantic poofy hairspray bangs and zebra-striped spandex. Yeah, the first audition was bad. amazing bad line reads yep but so, linda stands out she does uh yeah the first the first actress is spectacularly bad <laughs> and uh and linda shows up she does her lines and they go wow that's pretty good and then the person next to him goes wait a minute isn't uh, that the girl who survived the freeway maniac killer and so they're like oh free publicity exactly so they're like well we can we can get something out of this now you can see her fighting monsters on the big screen. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's their plan. So they're going to hire her and she's going to be in this sci-fi movie and they're going to use her fame as the survivor of the Arthur, <laughs> whatever his last name is, oh. killer. They, yeah, do we ever find out what Arthur's last, last name is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the the producer guy is super sleazy, yes. like the guy who's like, yes, yes, this is the one. And he's um, he's very. Uh, he looks like, um, well, he looks a bit like Roger Corman, but he looks more like the guy from Blood Feast. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got a bit of that look to him. Yeah. So and like she's, you know, her Linda's agent. Herschel Gordon Lewis. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's got it. a very Herschel Gordon Lewis look. <laughs> um, but Linda's agent is like he's very, like kind of protective of her, but also very honest. So it's this weird dichotomy of him standing up for her, but then not really. And also and for putting 10% her in positions a... where she's, you know, they everybody knows that she's going to get screwed one way or the other. Yep. She, she she's like, he's kind of sleazy talking about the producer Bert and her agent says you bet welcome to Hollywood yep <laughs> it's like yeah uh, we all know thanks <laughs> so much me too oh yeah so that's weird um and now we got oh this is this is great so Arthur is at his parole hearing question mark well first he's been sitting there like really closely examining these newspaper clippings that have been splashed all over right. the newspapers about the attack with huge photos of Linda with her name and everything else. Definitely something that you would want to give to the killer. And then he's also, <laughs> while he's working out, he's also watching this little teeny tiny TV he has in his cell, which uh, is showing an interview of Linda. And she's <laughs> telling the the TV person, the TV interviewer, exactly where she's going to be starting shooting and when again exactly what you want to be giving to a serial killer who has just gotten off a massive killing spree uh, <sighs> hold on one second i'm gonna go address the screaming cat <laughs> sorry it turns out there's absolutely no way to keep the cat from screaming no. so you're gonna have lots of yeah. with michelle and i both here <laughs> it's definitely going to be loud cat time so sorry about that everybody um okay so we're at the psych board and it's like some sort of review. I don't know what for. They're asking him a lot of questions about his mother. It's like the Voight comp test. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Blade Runner where is. they're trying to get a rise out of somebody. It's really confusing. It's like we're trying to find out if this guy who's just killed 16 people is dangerous. I think he is. Yeah. I think he's probably kind of dangerous. And then they taunt him with those newspaper articles that they stole from his cell, apparently. Which, why did they let him fucking have those in the first place, obviously? And he freaks out. They're mine! (laughs) Yes. Totally. Like, he starts roaring. They, like, 
I think he was already restrained, yes. but they like have to like bring the attendants in yep. and grapple with him, and then they shoot him full of some drug, and, and the drugs don't work. He's right. developed an immunity to them. <laughs> that's that's another important. <sighs> so this is an insane plot point that then comes and bites them in the ass. Obviously, Cause, right cause afterwards, because of this outburst, they decide they're going to send him to a maximum security facility. Mean, okay. Meanwhile, one of the psychologists is like, "But I gotta study him. He could be a whole chapter <laughs> in my book." <laughs> Uh, and the oh. other guy is like, no, we're taking him maximum security. Oh, again, people the, with educations are monsters. Uh, the educate. The, <laughs> the, okay, so the expert transfer st- security staff are going yes. to take him to his new facility. Yep. Guess what? <laughs> They're not as expert as they think they are. They've already said he's immune to the injections. They're like, don't worry, he's had an injection of an oh. experimental drug. Oh, right. <laughs> It's an experimental <laughs> drug, which means we know even how it better, works. Even Not better, even really. better. Um, and so, so, so even so, he's he wakes up in this ambulance, and then the orderly that's sitting next to him, he kills pretty much instantly. Oh yeah, because he's then, reading a comic book. Yes, and so he, <laughs> so he sees the guy that's driving it, and he just pulls that guy in, pulls him out of his seat, and then <laughs> from it, the back. Then it turns out that the guy driving the ambulance was even a, bigger. I, Gigantic dude. He's another like massive weightlifting guy, and uh, and so he he has kind of more of a difficult time with this guy. Yeah, probably should have been the guy restraining him. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, he is there, and uh, they fight, they fight, they fight until eventually he pulls the guy out of the the ambulance and drags his head on the ground. Not pretty, not very subtle. Yeah, pretty good. So great. Um, where are we now? Oh, then he goes hitchhiking. Oh, that's right. He goes hitchhiking. Gets a ride with this nice, this guy in a really nice trucking rig. Yep. Oh, it's a, it's a tow truck driver. Is that the guy? Or is it well, the... it's a, it's not, it's a long bed. Okay. He like, he's built to haul trailers. Okay. Yep. It's a really nice rig. Okay. So he, which pulls... is, which is why you can sometimes buy bootleg DVDs of this hard to find VHS movie on trucking movie <laughs> sites on Etsy and elsewhere. Which is how I got my coffee. There is a thing. There is a There's subculture a of trucking, trucking. love subculture <laughs> trucker fans out there. So there you shout go. out, shout out to those guys. That's pretty amazing. They make this available. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's how we. That's how we got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and it's understandable because they really whoever they had working on this film, they actually hired people who. You yeah. know, knew how to drive trucks. Speaking of which, turns out Arthur knows how to drive a truck. Somehow, Somehow. he's been in an asylum since he was a kid. But hey, it's that it's that it's whole it's Michael intuitive. Myers thing. Yeah, it's practically intuitive. <clears throat> oh yeah. So, so okay. So the so this nice trucker picks him up. They're driving along. He tells them the exact location of the <laughs> yep. of the film shoot that he needs to get to. And the guy's like, "Great, I'll give you a ride." The truck gets a flat tire. The driver gets out to fix it. And of course, Arthur goes with him, and the guy's like, "Here, hold this wrench." And Arthur's never, like, "Okay, thunk." <laughs> never ask Arthur to hold a wrench. No, nope, is bad the idea. lesson that bad we idea. that we get from this. Um, so then he starts driving the truck like an insane person. Yes, he does everything like an insane person. It's true. He can't just stop himself. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna roll with it. So he drives up behind this pickup truck where there's a few kids in the back seat and they're being jerks and they're throwing bottles at him because they're like, yeah, we're rabble rousers. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show you a rabble rouser. He doesn't actually say that, but you can tell he's thinking it. Yes. And then he (laughs) slams into it. One of the kids flies out of the bed of the pickup truck and sticks to the front of his truck. Yeah. There's like this spread eagle thing going on. And then he's like very dramatic slipping and sliding <laughs> as he loses his grip and his friends in the backseat are like oh no and then of course he's you know oh no mr bill he's under the truck he's yep. under the truck he's totally ragdolls under like oh it's bad eight eight wheels of, it's of fury it's bad yeah pretty good so he's uh yeah he's not getting up from that one nope uh, so he uh, he runs completely until he is out of gas. Well, first, you know, he he runs the other. He runs truck. the kids off the roof, <laughs> and their back axle <laughs> just bursts flies off. right off, and everything explodes, and it's everything you could want it to be. Yeah, I don't know if that's taken into the kill total. If all of those people were assumed to die in that, at least one of them jumped out. Yeah. So <laughs> we cut now after he runs out of gas and starts walking. We cut to our shitty sci-fi movie that is now in progress. 
they're now currently filming and we get a, a typical Corman kind of scene where they're like getting to a pond and it's like, oh, wow, finally oh, we can water. get out. Uh, shockingly. We all have bathing suits underneath our space suits. You've got like three ladies with really fake boobs and they walk in and no, no nudity whatsoever. Not in this scene. Well, yeah, exactly. We had some before, <laughs> but that was about it. And uh, then the director quits. <laughs> it's just a tits and ass shot. I'm an artist. Yep. Off he walks. Yep. Um, and and so we... Did he not read the script? I, this is my big question. <laughs> I don't know. Did he know. not read the script? I, I have no idea how that works, how you would get involved in something like this and then be shocked. But, uh, but after this happens, we get her agent in a conversation with the director and everyone else, and they're like, well, uh, the, the guy that's trying to murder her who is a relentless killer, he escaped again, and he probably is coming to kill her. Should we mention that to her? Actually, no. They totally dismiss that. They say, what? You think he's going to travel across the desert and find her? Yeah. Because, you know, yes. that's not something a sane person would do. So why would right. a maniac exactly. do that? Exactly. So why would, why would a freeway maniac take a freeway to and, unleash mania on someone? And, of course, the agents, as usual, is like, Okay, but I don't like it. But I don't like it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm raising my token objection on the record. Yeah. But I'm agreeing at the same time. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah. And so now her ex-boyfriend calls. Like from out of nowhere, we get the ex-boyfriend is back in the picture. We've had like, what, like 45 minutes of movie so far where he's just been yeah, out of the picture. On the, yeah, a blip on the radar. Total, and which so is he's, one he, of my big problems with this movie is his his appearance. I think the ending of this movie was cut short. I think that there was an entire ending that needed to be right. there that we, was not there. But we will get to that. We will get to that. You are way too, There is a lot of but, chaos to but come I think, before we oh, get to the ending. Absolutely. But I think including him, like where he comes in now yeah. and then comes he in at the end. He calls the agent and reprimands him. And he's like, you know about this. How are you letting her work on the film still? I'm like, this is the boyfriend that just really doesn't give a shit about her. Yep. So... Yeah, I don't know. So his motivation is questionable. They're they're trying to make him into a better character now. I don't know. It, it just it doesn't does. jive. It's really annoying because they it's they so are insincere. almost. It's like they're trying to give him like a redemption arc, and he doesn't deserve he it. Doesn't the character. Deserve it. I mean, the characters had like five lines of fucking dialogue. What are you going to do to redeem him at this point? Um, but either way, uh, he's he's now. <laughs> starting to show up again um, and we cut to a couple in uh, like Canadian tuxedos and they're making out in their truck and the lady says let's go to our normal spot I don't like it here and so they they leave and they take off and they pass Arthur and they almost pick him up because he's hitchhiking he's hitchhiking because he ran out of gas and so they almost do it and then the the girlfriend is like no way. Look at him. He looks crazy. And the guy's like, all right. She said, no way, bro. Sorry, Sorry. bud. The lady says no. Yep. And so they, they peel off and leave him in the dust. A slight that he will probably not forget. But honestly, he would have killed them anyway. So, <laughs> you know, there was no, this was a Kobayashi, <laughs> Kobayashi Maru situation there. There's no, there's no solution to it. Uh, so. His next target. Yes. Is my favorite part of the film. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> I have watched this. When I used to watch the VHS of this, I stopped it and rewound it so many times. Oh, so Matt, if you're listening and you have my VHS copy, I don't know. It might glitch up at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyways. Okay. So here. Here we are. So he carjacks uh, this this little old lady doing a weird Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In <laughs> impersonation. Her oh, young man, you're so handsome. <laughs> what do you want? Yep. Absolutely <laughs> sort amazing. Sort of dim-witted. Yep. And, and so you're like, oh, how's he going to kill her? Turns out this is one of his, this is one of his things. He's like, oh, little old lady, I'm just going to place you by the side of the road. You continue doing your 1960s <laughs> old lady shtick. And then I'm going to drive off with your car. And then you're going to go, my car. <laughs> <laughs> my car. Yeah. 
uh, definitely an, yet another real standout moment in the movie. It's like she's so dazzled by his good looks. Like he pulls her, he gets her out of the car. She's like, what do you want? She's like squinting at him He's all good nearsighted like. And then she's like, oh, you're a very handsome boy. <laughs> and he reaches over and he sort of he lo- straightens the, yeah. the, 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 side of the collar of her sweater. And so you can tell that he's almost cracking up. Yeah. He almost lost it. Yes, he's really digging this oh. shtick. That's really working it's, for him. It's really a beautiful moment. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls up. He finds that couple that didn't give him a ride. Uh-oh. And it's dark now. This is, this is to me, very atypical behavior for him as a gigantic muscle-bound yeah. psychopath. Who likes to thrash people, usually. Right. I, I would have more expected him to grab somebody by the legs and smack them on the ground, Jason Voorhees style. But instead, he sneaks up behind, puts a rag in their gas tank and lights it, blows up the truck. Yep. Not... I, I and just boy, don't, does it blow up. It does explode quite well. Which is and, probably why the scene was shot at night. And they, they set someone on fire for it, which was <laughs> they impressive. Did. They had they somebody, they had they somebody burning did. and running off into the, very into the bushes. Um, <clears throat> yep, so... We're back at the sci-fi movie now. Yes. And they, there's some really bad costumes. <laughs> it's yeah, the, the costuming is is atrocious. They they went maybe even too far on this. But uh it like it, it's weird because they're making this look like a 1950s sci-fi movie. Like they're making it look like an Ed Wood movie, yeah. which is not what it would be in the 1980s with your hot actress and all this stuff. Like it seems like they should have gone for a more Fred Olin Ray kind of movie. And I, everybody was like in black leather outfits with their boobs kind of hanging out and whatever. I would love to know if some of those costumes existed because Gahan Wilson drew sketches of them. I would imagine so. I mean, of course. It <laughs> I'm seems pretty like, sure that they remind me of some of his space suits. Yeah, I mean. That I've seen uh, in his cartoons. They, they, look like, they look like the aliens from Plan 9 from Outer Space. Like it looks very much like the, your stupid, stupid mind, yeah. stupid. Stupid, stupid. Those guys. It's very much like them. Or Crowbar and Lattice from Lost Skeleton. Um, so, yeah, very 50s. But this is also where we get, they're, they're doing their little scene here, and then we get the two Gahan Wilson monsters showing up. Which look like weird rocks. Super, super cool. Why, yes, they are oddly formed, Captain. <laughs> I'm getting life form readings. And then uh, and then the captain gets eaten by one of them. <laughs> After. <laughs> so Linda's character is like, I think we should check these things out. I'm suspicious. He's like, keep your woman's intuitions to yourself. <laughs> and then she starts scanning them. They're clearly alive. And well, then he isn't. And there's yep. a dismembered leg that falls out. And it's pretty fun, really. Yeah, it's really fun. The The eyeball monster that's behind them. Like, <laughs> I feel like we're being watched. <laughs> like, you know, pretty great. It's and they look like a Han Wilson yeah, cartoon. It literally looks like it's something pretty pulled beautiful. right out of like a Han Wilson cartoon. So that that alone was worth the price of admission was just seeing those. Um they also remind me of my favorite toy of the eighties, rocks and bugs and things. Mm. Which were just rocks that turned into monsters that <laughs> ate other things. Always loved those. Classic. Classic. Uh, so some couple walks through the woods that we've never seen before. They're just, they're just fodder at this point. Uh, They've been out tenting. Yes. Tenting. Uh, they walk through the woods and the dude goes back for binoculars and, uh, he's like, Hey, you giant muscle bound psychopath that's in my tent. Stop right there. I'm 96 pounds. And, uh, it turns out that was a bad call and he gets punched to death brutally. And then she comes back up over the slope to find out what's happening and gets impaled by a tree, a spear, yeah, something. He, he has a spear for some reason. I yeah, don't know what's going on. I don't know. But something weird. It doesn't go well for her. It does not. Um, and so. <laughs> this is what happens when your line, your final line is, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. Uh, it's so funny. This This next scene is obviously a classic ridiculous scene from one of these movies, but it reminds me so much of The Outsider, the the ending of the, the Stephen King book, The Outsider. Ah, not the, but not the adaptation. Cause, no. Because we haven't watched that we yet. We have yet to watch this, but uh, uh, yeah, there's a scene, it's unimportant to the plot, I'm not spoiling it for anybody, but there's definitely a, 
a snake scene in it that reminded me very much of this scene. Uh, it goes differently in the book, but it just for some reason, that's all I can think of when I when I read the book. I was thinking of this scene from this movie. <laughs> in fact, uh, so right here, there's a, a rattlesnake that shows up apropos of nothing right next to him and he snatches it and then eats it, <laughs> which is, I mean, pretty awesome. I mean, dude like that, he needs he needs to keep his protein, protein. intake up and also snake venom. He also needs to get as much snake venom as he can. Um, he catches a bunch of scorpions, which we'll find out why he does that later. Puts them into a into a pail. A giant tin can. Yep. That I was like, you know, before this, I was like, why does he have a giant tin can with him? Where what? did he get it? <laughs> oh, that's why. He's been holding it forever. I I have problems with this too, but whatever. <laughs> with this movie, it's hard to... <laughs> <laughs> the problems are a diamond doesn't. But eventually he's going to put this into a spacesuit, into a helmet. To, to try to kill somebody. And it's like, how did he know that there was going to be... I mean, maybe he was just like... I don't know how he would know that it was specifically his his target's helmet. I don't know how he would know where the, the clothing was. Or, like, it feels like there's no way For he would have known For a guy who's been locked in an asylum since childhood, he knows a little too much about the world. He really does. He really, really does. Uh, and so... I mean, and I guess that probably also brings up the uh, the the Halloween comparison because that's kind of the same deal. The uh, <laughs> that's the Michael Myers deal is that he kind of is like too knowledgeable about the world. Michael Myers could drive a car when he broke yeah. out and all that kind of stuff. Very similar. Yeah, and this, uh, yeah. Okay, so the finally the sheriff gets hip to what's going on and he finds Arthur's car parked really obviously pointing to the fact that he doesn't quite know what's going on. Um, and he tells the director about an escaped mental patient. And he's like, huh? What? Why? Who, me? Huh? Oh. And then we cut to possibly the most ridiculous scene in this movie that is full of ridiculous scenes. We have a an intentionally very overweight fire marshal show up to investigate our killer's fire. The only one that's managed to track our killer down, <laughs> even when he's like sitting on top of rocks watching everybody really obviously in broad daylight, is the fire marshal who finds like, him in the dark. Yep. Well, he sees us and he sees his fire. Yep. And he's like, hey, buddy, I'm the fire marshal on this picture. Uh, what are you doing? And he's like, ooh, you'd make a great pillow and kills him and uses him as a pillow. <laughs> Um, obviously these are only his thoughts. Our killer never speaks throughout this whole movie. He has, he says something at some point, right? I think oh, he has yeah. maybe he, like a couple the, in lines. In the grand finale, yeah. He's... He starts talking at the end, but up until this point, he's been a silent killer. Um, like carbon monoxide. He's sort of this movie's carbon monoxide. Um, and so Arthur howls at the fucking moon right here. <laughs> And this doesn't concern anyone either, because you can tell. <laughs> it's the desert. There's it's coyotes a, it's out a here. fucking dude. Anybody, you know what a human going, aroo, yes. sounds like versus yes, what a do. fucking dog sounds like. And so nobody's like, huh, there's a maniac literally howling at the moon out there. Eh, they let it go. Uh, and so now we get down to some real social commentary about making low budget movies. Probably things that happened at Canon quite a bit. Oh, I'm sure. Where the the guy's like, "Sorry, your checks are late." I so. <laughs> speaking of this, the way this movie ends, I think curtly, I think it cuts off. To me, this movie had a lot a lot of a way to go, and they packed in a whole bunch right at the end because they ran out of money. And so I feel like it's way too apropos that they're talking about like, sorry guys, your checks aren't coming in. Can you imagine if literally they're having this filmed scripted conversation and wall. it's quite literally the same actual conversation they had to have with all the actors yep. and crew prior to this. That would be absolutely horrible to have to be in this movie at that point. Uh, but yes, the, the big point is that, sorry, your checks are late. They're going to be here anytime. And one of the crew guys is like, fuck you, bro. I'm not going to put up with your crap anymore. I know that we're not ever getting paid. And so I'm taken off and he gets on his dirt bike and he rides away. And somehow Arthur was just hoping that somebody was going to ride away on a dirt bike because he's right there with a giant tree branch, knocks him off and then steals his bike and runs over him like six times. Yes. 
repetitively. Yep, until blood comes out of his mouth, so we know in movie terms he is dead. Dead, dead, dead. Dead, dead, dead. Um, and now Linda gets a helmet full of scorpions. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Because somebody broke into the prop ta- trailer. Somebody broke. They caught up a bunch of photos. Yep. And put scorpions into Linda's helmet. And they know that something's going on. Everyone at this point is aware that this guy is on the loose. And then they're just like, eh, it could be anybody. It's the desert. Why wouldn't there be scorp- like multiple scorpions in your helmet? It's just a thing that happens. And what does Linda do next? She goes into the prop trailer by <clears throat> herself. Yes. <laughs> it's- and there's this great moment where you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Horrible things are going to happen. And, and then it's they just her do, lame it's her ex-boyfriend. Scummy ex-boyfriend. Who surprises her. <laughs> so yeah. funny. And it's annoying because, again, to, the, to my point that this movie is cut off, we're introduced to this hot effects guy. Like this really like yeah. hunky dude who's really nice to her. He's the only one who's like, he's like being, he's like, you have to tell her about this. Yeah. I'm not going to put up with this. You know, if you don't tell her, I will. He's like really like gung-ho. He's like. He's this person who's looking out for her, and we've we got this scumbag that she had like done him. Her. Exactly. He's being set up to be her new love interest. This movie was supposed to end with the boyfriend getting killed, and she rides off with the effects guy. 100%. I, I cannot imagine that this movie was written a different way. It would be insane to write it the other way. But that's how we have it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So... She, uh, the ex-boyfriend does finally tell her about Arthur being loose. And, uh, and then we get the creepy scene of the, oh, yeah. the old director and the terrible actress from the audition getting it on. And we get our second set of boobs, the required two boobs for your canon movie. And, uh, and it's gross. And there's like, <clears throat> so she's like, she's getting all with the producer Bert and she's wearing like this sort of like white wedding hotsy totsy outfit and she's super tan and has like that pastel lipstick and you know you know the look yes hustler hustler chic (laughs) yes exactly hustler chic so and Linda Barson is all like ah righteous anger and he's like oh well that's show business And, and then Linda, of course, takes off because it's useless talking to him. And the striptease starts. Yeah, we get and a there five is minute long striptease. A song. Oh, there is a song. She's so kinky. This song, song sucks on toast. Is titled Nasty Kinky. <clears throat> it is by Robbie, Robbie Krieger, Krieger. And was a couple of years ago was actually released as part of his Unheard Archives collection. Yeah. So, but it was released with his, with his vocals yeah. instead of an actual singer. He is not a singer, uh, and it is very clear on this version that he <laughs> it's sings. Disturbing to hear them it's next really, to each other. It's because we listen to both. And we're like, I mean, Wait, they're both what? bad. <laughs> neither neither of them is good. Ugh. But the, <laughs> the she's so nasty. <laughs> She's so nasty. It's so yeah, it's it's fucking terrible. If you want to if you want to hear it, it exists on YouTube and has like 200 listens, <laughs> which for the guy who played guitar for the Doors is a pretty sad situation. Um, so they've so, hired. So now they're like now they're starting to take some precautions. They've hired a security <laughs> they've guard. They've hired the skinniest the, security guard they could find the crew, in this town that's populated by muscle men. <laughs> muscle men. The crew's clearing brush with the chainsaw. And of course, Arthur sees the chainsaw and he's, he's like, oh, I could do something with that. That's pretty fun. I should get one of those. <laughs> so the crew, one of the crew members makes this really weird facial expression that I don't understand. And then he decides he's done and puts the chainsaw down on the ground and takes off. Yes. And yeah, I don't the, know. Then it's the like he guard got... goes... He got fed up with chainsawing for some reason. He makes a really weird face. I don't know what happened Completely when they were shooting makes, it. Makes but no sense. Obviously, they whatever. didn't bother to retake it. Something happened. Um, and so the new security guard goes looking for the saw because that's his job now, apparently. Yep. Um, now there's a loose psycho and a lost chainsaw, which is always a really good combo. The good news is he finds the chainsaw. The bad news is yes. Arthur found the chainsaw before him. And Arthur has deus ex machina chainsaw starting skill because he is like 
cannot start this fucking thing. He's like, like he's been there. I would assume when they cut in, he's probably been doing it for 15 minutes <laughs> and he's just pulling on this thing and nothing's happening. And then he sees a victim and he's just like, he gives it one, one with feeling. And then the victim <laughs> says, Hey, give that back. <laughs> And immediately regrets the choice. He's motivated now. <laughs> so there's a chase. Uh, he <laughs> he doesn't last long. Yeah, no, it, it goes again. Again, it goes badly for him. There's so many other people in this movie. Um, and Arthur's now like actively following Linda, but he's keeping a close, uh, pretty decent distance. Um, yeah. And. And on his way, in his in his travels, he meets this guy. Another unlucky crew member. A, another, like, absurdly muscled. A giant carpenter. Yes. And he he gets into a big, like, hand-to-hand WWF fight. With a plank of wood. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And he uh, he eventually winds up killing him with his own hammer. It's It's... Yeah, it's a sad story. That was a br- that was a brutal scene. There's some serious foley noises at the end of the scene with the hammer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's you, all off camera. You can't see anything, but, but the foley noises really bring it. But home. that's the thing is that that's so unbelievably disgusting. The fact that like the way that he moves it, where it's like hit. And then, oh, it's kind of stuck in his skull. Let me pull that out. Oh, hit again. Oh, it's kind of stuck again. I got to pull that piece of skull off. So, so it's kudos super, to the Foley artist. That was very gross. creative and disgusting. Super gross. Super gross. Um, for something that you don't see at all. It's it, an impressive scene. Uh, okay, so. Oh, yeah. The cheaty boyfriend apologizes here. Oh, but don't forget. Arthur oh, also he has eats a, an ant. Yeah, he gets angry at the ants because they were eating his rattlesnake or bread or something. I don't know. It was unclear. The uh, motivation is unclear, yeah. but but it turns out he doesn't like the ants. He was <laughs> mad at them. Yeah, he did get mad and eat an ant. Uh, and and here our producer has has had one of his uh, his typical changes of heart where he's like, you know what the you know what this space movie needs zombies, and so he hires a bunch of people that he can't afford to pay. Gets them all made up as zombies, and then we shoot a night scene with zombies. Unfortunately, yeah. they didn't know who they cast, and there's one <laughs> mystery card in there who is a zombie they don't recognize. So Arthur's one of the zombies, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, so th- the producer can't pay any of them, and, and he, he comes goes, out and tells them this. It's like just kind of leans out of his trailer, and he's like, "Sorry guys, the paycheck's on the way. Whatever, I'll pay you later." Uh, and then uh, it, it closes the door and Arthur lags behind, comes in. He's like, what are you doing? Eh, I won't be intimidated by you. And then he gets... <laughs> Even though I'm tiny and you're huge. Yeah, he gets coat hooked. So he's like... But he doesn't die, it turns out. What? No, they had him. They were like working <laughs> on him later. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't die because oh. he got interrupted. What? No, he stabbed. I thought he... Picked him up. He did. And stabbed him through the he back did. with a coat hook. Like so we a, know he suffered. We know the creepy okay. producer suffered. Bert so he suffered. was basically hanging on a meat hook for a few hours. And they were like, ah, we can save him. He's 75 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Had a big spike uh, through his spine. It's fine. So now the production is being overseen by company suits. Oh, we get we get these Ooh. two. We get this improv. Who act needs shows. craft <laughs> services? Look at them sitting around and eating. Mm-hmm. If the studio knew about this, oh, they would have stopped it weeks ago. I feel like this was all a reference to something. Like these guys had to be like, like this is the writer and the director, or like one of them's Han Wilson. One of them's like, it felt like there's some reason they chose these two people. Or they were making fun of Golan and Globus, or like it's some, <laughs> right what you know, right exactly. It was there's some there's some insider thing here, but it's all clearly improved. It kind of like it it goes in and out. It has a punchline that kind of lands. And there are little vignettes here where it's clear that the production is falling apart. There's a scene with their really terrible plywood spaceship where the <clears throat> the ramp collapses and girls fall over. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, they've been setting up for the big finale. For, okay, hold on. They've been and, setting up for the big explosion. And quote, it's going to be one hell of an explosion. Yes, it's going to be one hell of an explosion, which guess what? Uh, spoiler alert. It's not one hell of an explosion. It's not even <laughs> an explosion. It's not even a tiny explosion. Oh, you're ruining all the fun. I'm sorry. You cannot leave this ending alone. <laughs> So uh, 
Yes. So Arthur kills a guy in a in an alien costume. He kills the really nice special effects guy. Yeah. The one that we're supposed to like. Yes. The one that should have been the love. The one that should have saved her at the end. Yeah. Should have been the yeah. Yeah. So he gets killed with a giant bear paw. Yes, he does. Yes. yes, And uh, and so now Arthur is the one who's in the scene with Linda at the end of this film, Um, and eventually he's like he's not killing her he just keeps being he's too aggressive rough, he's roughhousing her you're hurting me when he picks her up and grabs her as the monster and then then drops her again and then shoots the scene again and then he's too rough that time and the agent's like hey stop that and he gets punched in the face by arthur yes and then his head comes off no it doesn't come off linda pulls a scooby-doo oh that's reaches right over yeah. and pulls the mask off that's right. Right. And they would have gotten away with it. If it wasn't for the lousy blonde. Mm, that's true. <laughs> she was a meddling kid, I think. But uh, yes, so... Chaos erupts. So they figure out who he is. And then everybody <laughs> decides to try to restrain him. So they, we do finally get a bunch of people who are like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know, he's in a big monster costume and people are trying to restrain him. Probably he's at a pretty decent disadvantage at this point. Except for he's a maniac. But he is, he is a freeway maniac. He doesn't even need the freeway. He's dancing like he's never danced before. Um, But he gets free and grabs a flare and goes to the top of this (laughs) giant explosion. They just keep hammering away that this is a giant explosion. He's on top and he pulls a a straight King Kong. We're going to the moon. It's nice up there and people leave you alone. You know, he could have been left alone. Like he's the one who is trying to get in. He was seeking people out. He really was. He was going out of his way to be near people. He could have stayed on that rock and eaten scorpions and uh, and snakes for the rest of his life. Uh, but yes, they're going to the moon. It's nice up there, and people leave you alone. Um, and so the cheaty boyfriend comes up and manages to somehow overcome this guy. Oh, they were having a fist fight, anyways. Somehow, and he falls but, in. I think yeah. his, I think his his weight if this something collapses and sure the big Arthur is big and the ship is flimsy yeah. and it's, the ship it should be mentioned is not a spaceship model it Ugh. is simply a bunch of it looks a like facade. a it looks like a playset for kids that yeah. you might see in like a homeowner's backyard not in like a <laughs> playground like something that was built for a very small scale like <laughs> and then there's like this really dramatic moment where the, they're going in on the camera lift to rescue the ex-boyfriend and Linda. And the camera lift moves very, very yep. slowly. It's as though they're hoping that big explosion is actually going to go off, but it doesn't. There's just some flame. Yeah, something happened. Some flame. Something happened. There's like, no explosion. I don't know if in the production they failed to have the explosion go off <laughs> and there was one that was supposed to happen or what if there was like they were going to cut They're to something that looked like shit I, who knows yeah. but it does not blow <laughs> up and we go and it's like you're you're expecting something you're expecting some sort of resolution some sort of like what's going to happen here and it the camera pans over and looks at a rock and that's it <laughs> it's like just this fucking cliff and that's it that nothing happens that's the end such a fucking disappointing kick in the teeth of an ending. That was a bummer. I'm not going to lie. Like this ending pisses me off. <laughs> it's not. It's it is not satisfying. No, in the least. In the least. And one of the other clues we have as And to, the cheating boyfriend save, saves the day. Yeah, what a shitty message. Sort of. I'm, basically. Sort of. I, yeah, yeah, but he really I mean, did. I mean, like He didn't get her out of the fire, but you know. We don't know exactly. <laughs> we have no idea. So the hero is the 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 dolly guy. Uh, I don't and it's like, like. And basically, you watch that. You're watching the camera lift go very slowly towards them, and yeah, and then the camera pans to a rock and it cuts. It's done. That's it. There's nothing else. So one of the clues we have as to what happened or potentially happened with this. Okay. Is that you have a clue about uh, what happened? Well, I think your theory is correct. I okay. agree with you on that um, because all the early press for this. What like in Fango and everything else said it was a media production. It was a media films oh. production. So this did not start out as a canon film. Oh man! Yeah. So this was an acquisition. Do you th- <laughs> do you think that they bought 
this is. <laughs> so Canon had a sexy girls, like really sleazy softcore movie that was going to be like sexy sci-fi space thing. And they were like, Ugh, we don't have the money for this thing and we're going to throw it away. We've made six costumes and we've got trailers, whatever. And then they're like, aha, but we also bought this shitty movie about a guy that's killing people down the highway. And it's like, come back in for reshoots. And we'll yeah, reshoot you know. so you're killing people. So the director, uh, was it Paul Winters, right? Yes. Co-wrote the script with Gahan Wilson. Yep. Um, he's the producer and the director. Yep. His daughter, Lauren Winters, plays the lead female role, Linda. That's a lot of, that's a lot of nepotism. Yeah. So there's... <laughs> You know, it was somebody's project. Yeah, it's, then, it was somebody's dream project yeah. somehow. And for I some don't, reason. I don't think we mentioned the name of the actor that played Arthur, um, and that's yeah. James Jude Courtney. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy yep. who's in the new, newer one of the newer Halloweens. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know which one he was. I in. poked I around remember. online. I tried to find some clues, but. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it uh, <laughs> on it's record. It's too bad. There's no, there's no delightful Blu-ray release with a big oh, director's commentary or anything. It's too bad. Yeah. It's really too bad because this movie holds a very, uh, I don't know, uh, you obviously love this movie. Yes. I basically had to blackmail these guys into doing it <laughs> because they it's, didn't want to and i was like i'm gonna play my birthday request card and i'm and going it, to get them to finally do it basically this this uh yeah this <laughs> self-isolation thing has been going on for a while now and so we're like uh you know what it's going to be another two weeks before we get together with matt so we should just do this and so we're doing this in the middle of in the middle of this whole thing and uh it was fun. I'm yep. glad we did it. <laughs> so we hope you guys are entertained. <laughs> so we have something to to fill the to fill the void before we come back. Yep. Um, so another interesting point about this movie was that uh, Amy Vincent worked on it. Uh, she's a cinematographer, and her early films were this movie. Um, and then Heather's and Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. <laughs> so, so those were her starting points. And now she's she works yeah. on huge, huge productions. So kudos to her. Hollywood Chainsaw for Hookers is making a huge it production. through the Hollywood machine and continuing to do what she does really well, um, because the movie was really well shot. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there were skilled people working on it's, it. With these movies, it's it's easy to throw stones about things that look incompetent. In this, actually, I, I didn't really have any problems with anything. It's just, you know, it sucks when you've got a <laughs> tiny budget and you're trying to make make your deadlines. And it's like sometimes you just don't have the time and the energy and the and the people to make it happen. Yeah. And this movie, the ending seems like that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of didn't uh, have, but didn't it's, have it's it. a haphazard pile of chaos, and yeah. I love it. And it is, yeah, it is one of those movies that you have to it, see to believe. There are so it many does. moments when you just start laughing out loud because it is too ridiculous. Yeah, lots of lots of great acting moments. Everybody in this movie acquits themselves pretty well. I mean, I don't, yep. I can't think of any like standout bad actors in this outside of the obvious ones <laughs> who are pretty much there to be bad actors. Nobody was phoning it in. They nope. were all doing it with yeah. definite intent, and that counts for a yeah. lot oh i agree especially in one of these um yeah awesome movie highly recommend it <laughs> check it out uh and any any final thoughts or are you good i'm good i just <laughs> right. i hope more people watch this movie it's yeah, tough to find it is but it is out there um so be, i think be it's on persistent. is it on youtube um, I think it is. I think it is. I think yeah. I found it there. Yeah. Uh, so yes, you can find this thing on YouTube, I believe, and uh, and you can follow us at Funbox Monster Podcast. And uh, obviously, because of this whole nonsense, both Michelle and I, our stores are both shut down. So if you are interested in supporting either of us and our stores, we are doing orders for pickup via phone and email. Excuse me. And. Uh, you know, yes. and you know, if you don't know what you want to buy right now because your brain is jelly like the rest of us, uh, you can always just pick up a gift certificate to spend later yep. when things are better. Yes, those are all options, and my website is always there, coastcitycomics.com. You can buy all of the stuff. We have been front loading that thing for years now, for now <laughs> almost two years. 
and I guess this is this is what we were this is what we were stalking away for. <laughs> this is the event. <laughs> Who that, knew? <laughs> uh, not me. Uh, I thought it was for something else. But uh, so you can go there for for your comic needs uh, on a weekly basis, like subscription wise. You can hit us up. Uh, code blarg b l a r g h exclamation point for free shipping, and that's the deal. Hit us up. Thank you guys so much. And uh, you can find me on Instagram. I kind of mashed together the Green Hand Bookshop uh, photo stream and my own stuff, which is mostly cats and monsters. (laughs) Um, You can see these cats that make all the noise during the podcast. Uh, And that's at msoulier.com. Oh, at msoulier. Oh, my gosh. My brain. And that's M-S-O-U-L-I-E-R-E. At (laughs) msoulier. At msoulier. For Instagram. Okay, cool. That is wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Have a lovely evening and we will see you next time. Take care and be well. 